Hello, everybody. Welcome to the um, World of Positivists, the positive podcast from coming from Positive Vibes Magazine. We're super excited to have a special guest today, Mike Sharman, who is a motivational speaker who has sp- spoken at many different events. And we're super excited that he's able to come on our podcast today. So how are you doing today, Mike? I'm great. Thanks for having me today, Zane. Of course. So, you know, to begin the conversation, just tell us a bit about yourself and you know, who you are and like what, what you represent. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, so my name is Mike Shorman. I'm from Toronto, Canada. I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, so that's not a smooth transition. I am going all, I'm, I'm freezing. Um, so I am a motivational speaker. I'm an author. I'm a writer. I, uh, I speak and write on mental health um, and, you know, our, our mindsets and, and where, where, we can, where we can go when we, you know, live life with a glass half full um, mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a former paddleboarding coach with Paddle Canada. I taught and competed professionally, and um, and in 2018, I lost my sense of balance. I um, I had a reactivation of my chickenpox virus from when I was a kid, and it affected my facial nerve, and my face collapsed, and I lost my sense of balance. And the doctors said I would never paddleboard ever again. They said they said I I wouldn't do many things. They said. I wouldn't ever go on a plane again. I wouldn't do car trips. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do many things. Mm-hmm. And through positive thinking and shifting where my energy was going, I was able to overcome all of that. And with you know some mental health treatment and a lot of physiotherapy, where I learned how to retrain my brain, how to walk properly again. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was able to go out and do those things again. Um, and today, um, you know, it, it's been just over two years since all of that happened. And, you know, a lot of, you know, people look at, look at me in that situation and they're like, you lost your business. You, um, you lost your independence. You know, your parents had to look after you. You were financially ruined. Um, and, and like, how did you, how did you do that? How did you come out of that so quickly? And, I did um I did a, a talk, uh, my first talk ever was just over a year ago, and it was at Canada's largest inspirational speaking competition. And I did a talk about how every yes that we say to ourselves when we don't think that we can do something leads us to our next yes. It gives us confidence and it gives us power and it um, fuels us with encouragement and, and it, and it helps, you know, propel us forwards. Um, and I won that night, um, that, that talk and, and, 
and that talk, you know, has done so much for my career, for my, um, for my health. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, brought me, you know, that, that talk has gone viral on several platforms like power positivity, mm-hmm. um, Ashton Kutcher, the actor, he put it on his platform. Jay Shetty put it on his platform, chicken soup for the soul. Um, and it's been, you know, going viral was a great, um, was a great experience, but the, but the real special thing about it was that, um, wasn't that millions of people saw my speech. It was that there were thousands and thousands of comments about how, how, um, how it was a universal message and how it touched them. Um, and, and people were sharing their stories with me about, you know, what they were going through. Um, so, you know, people might not have my condition, but they probably have a condition of their own or they know somebody who's gone through something significant. Um, and, and it just kind of showed me how we're all connected and and how we are all human and we all go through the same things wow thank you so much for sharing mike it's beautiful what a great way to start um i'll just you know ask the question what inspired you to do this speaking competition i'm curious did you have prior experience in speaking before was this really like your first time really speaking publicly on this like big stage you know what I mean yeah um so no I did <laughs> no I um I gave a really bad um valedictorian speech in college um it wasn't good you can ask anybody <laughs> anybody who was there um it was really um yeah it was a bad speech um and then I just kind of you know, went down, I got, I got very involved with, you know, my career paddleboarding and, and starting my own business. And, and I never really entertained the idea. Um, I was um, brought in by the um, Canadian Safe Boating Council. They are, um, they do safety demonstrations for, for the media every uh every memorial day Mm. um, because that's kind of the kickoff to boating season so they want to educate the public on safety Mm. um so they do a big media blitz here in canada and and they contacted me and they said you know we'd really like for you to do safety demonstrations and interviews with media so so i kind of got comfortable with with talking in front of people um and i and i was also you know teaching people how to do a skill um like individually and in groups Mm -hmm. so that led to my comfortability but no i'd I'd never ever really done a big talk before um so that so that night was you know, 300 people. Mm, wow. And I think we went in with 
the idea that if I could touch three people, I would, I would be happy. Um, and, and I never really, um, I've never really expected what happened next. It was beautiful. Wow. Yeah, it really is. And so what pushed you to um, speak at the event? Did someone like nominate you? Did someone tell you about the competition? Did they reach out? How'd that work? So I went to visit a friend um, and I, I was just in the neighborhood of, of her work mm-hmm. and and um, and I thought, well, I'll just go in and I'll just say hi. I was still using a cane to walk. Um, you know, when I lost my sense of balance, I, I wasn't moving. I, I could barely walk for, for months from the living room to the kitchen. Um, but by April, uh, late April, um, I, um, I, was, I was using a cane to walk. I was moving slowly. Uh, my face had collapsed, so I was still very, um, what's the word, um, cautious about going out. I didn't like people, you know, I, w- I was very sensitive to people looking at me mm-hmm. um, because there was staring and there was pointing and there was comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was wearing an eye patch because I couldn't blink my eye. Um, so it was to protect it. So I, so I looked like, um, like a pirate with a walking cane and, and I went in to say hi and she said, what are we going to do with you? And, and I said, what are you, what do you mean? And, and she said, I know you, you are one of the most driven people I've met and, you're not done. This isn't the end of your story. You've, you've got a huge story here mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to send you some information for this thing that I heard of um, called speaker slam. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. Um, and then, you know, I went home and she, she sent it to me and, and I look up the speaker slam and it's Canada's largest inspirational speaking competition. And um and and so it's 10 speakers going head to head in a competition um, in front of 300 people and they're giving a speech um, on a different theme or, or on a different theme every month. So, so this theme was courage. Um, and, you know, I sent in my application and I thought, okay, well, we'll just see. And... And then, um, and then I found out that I was accepted and that they were going to take me. And then I thought, oh wow, like this is really exciting. Yeah. And then I, and then I looked and and I realized that these were all TED Talk speakers and these were all speakers who do this for a living. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh no, what I what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> like this is the this is the worst. I'm not in, I'm not in a great position to um to take a big fail right now so so i better buckle down and start writing something good so so i i really committed myself to like i i think i spent um 
You know, I, I think I rehearsed that speech. I, I wrote it and it took weeks. It took six weeks to write that speech. Mm. Um, and then I, I rehearsed that speech out loud about 350 times because um, I, I wanted to get it right. And I wanted to really try my best. <laughs> but I was just hoping to kind of make a few people see themselves in it and to tell a story and to inspire and motivate people when they're really struggling and and to let them see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Great. Wow. Um, question. So how did it feel speaking at the competition itself? How did it feel on stage talking about you're actually up there, you rehearsed this, like you said, 150 times. How did it feel to finally be up there? So that's really interesting because um, I had a coach for it and I rehearsed it with her a couple times before I did it. And, um, and she came up to me afterwards. And, and it's, it's weird. I got, I, got a, I got a five minute standing ovation at the end oh my of gosh, wow. <laughs> um, it, they've, they've said, you know, I think they've done it for three years. So mm-hmm. about what, 10 events, 10, 11 events a year. So 30 and, and it, they, you know, people said, you know, it's never been that loud. Wow. Um, and, and I lost hearing as part of my condition. So, but I, I knew it was loud. I could still hear how loud it was. Um, but I, she came up to me afterwards. She was in the audience and she said, um, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just like something came into me and I released everything. Mm-hmm. It was the most cathartic, healing powerful release that I've ever had Um, it was just like all of the emotional and mental trauma of the eight months before Um, you know my my speech I talked about staying in a mental health treatment facility to process grief and rage and, Mm -hmm. and anger and and coming out on the other side and not feeling like I was drowning anymore. Um, and, and how I, you know, getting, getting help was my first yes. And then it led me back to the paddleboard and, and that was my second yes. And, and then I stood up um, when they said that it wasn't possible when that was my third yes and how each yes led to each other. And it just built and built and um, and it was just one of the most amazing things that I think that I've ever experienced. It was pretty special. Wow. Um, so my next question is, you mentioned this uh, yes a lot. Can you kind of more elaborate on what that means? Yes, in regards like... So, yes. so basically, when I used to teach paddleboarding, I um and I and I talk about it 
in the speech. Um, you know, I would teach and people, people are afraid of paddleboarding. People are afraid of falling in the water. And I don't know why, because falling in the water is one of the most fun things about paddleboarding. Um, but people are really, people would be come to my lessons and they'd be nervous and they'd be awkward and, and they'd be, you know, sometimes scared. Um, and throughout my lessons, you know, if I had you out there for an hour, um, you have the most power and confidence when you're on a paddleboard, when your paddle is actually in the water, because it stations you and it grounds you. Mm -hmm. And, and by the end of my lessons, my students would be so confident in themselves, in their skill set, um, that I would tell them to raise their paddles up over their head. Um, and, and I would take out my camera or phone and I would take a picture of them doing like a warrior pose on their paddle boards. And then I would send it to them. I do it in front of the skyline and it was, you know, they got, they got amazing pictures, but it was all about how you're not powerful and you're not confident in your abilities when you first start something, mm -hmm. but over the course of time, over the course of that hour, I watched each of them develop more confidently than when they arrived. And that happened to me with my own life collapse, with losing my business and losing, you know, the ability to walk properly and, and all of that. So, so in spite of, you know, doctors saying, you know, you'll never paddleboard again, um, you know, that was crushing when when doctors said your face is not going to repair properly and we're going to go in and have surgery on it mm -hmm. um that was devastating um you know it, it pushed me to the to the brink um and and i just you know the first time i really said yes to myself was when I said, okay, I'm going to go and get some mental health treatment because I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And just by going and getting some help, just by saying yes to what I needed, it gave me the confidence that I could do something else. It gave, um, I felt a power with it. So even though most people, or not most, but a lot of people attach mental health with a with a stigma yeah i found it very empowering that okay i've hit rock bottom mm -hmm. i've hit rock bottom and i got through it and it gave me the confidence to get to that next step and the next step was getting back on a paddleboard and i only lasted three minutes sitting down um, but by being there, 
by being by saying yes to the invitation to going there it allowed me to be in the place where the pedal boards were which allowed me to get on a pedal board and try it again um and it and all of all of that was just confidence building and and you know becoming more powerful um and who I and who I was becoming. Wow. Um, you mentioned, you know, getting help for mental health in terms of, you know, grieving and anger and depression. What are your tips or what what advice do you have for people who, you know, are kind of suffering from grief or anger or depression? Um, and I say suffering as they're not really, they're really not doing well. I don't want to say that someone who has like clinical depression is not, is suffering. Yeah. I don't want it to sound like that, yeah. but just saying from people who are experiencing these intense emotions, what did you do that really helped you? So, so although I write, like, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a writer first and foremost. And, and, and like, I, I don't have a, a mental health medical training background but I do speak about mental health and I do write about it. I've been, I've been published in newspapers and, and I wrote a book um, about my mental health journey. Um, but what I say to people mostly is to open up, um, find somebody that you feel comfortable with talking about the dark stuff. Um, because I didn't, um, I didn't feel, I didn't feel, I, I, I became really numb. Um, I really isolated myself from the world. Um, and if I could go back and, and not change things, cause I don't think that you should. Um, I think, I think I went down that path because I was supposed to. Um, but if I could go back and tell myself something, it would have been to talk to somebody, um, because it helps process, um, you know, whether we write it down or whether we talk about it with, you know, a trusted family member or a friend, um, it helps us process it and mm-hmm. and it helps the grieving process. I was dealing with a lot of anger. Um, I was, I was, um, you know, I, I missed a 72 hour window for treatment because doctors thought it was something else. Um, and, and that really affected how how this developed, and and then the next thing I was being told was all these terrible things, and and I lost a lot as a result of that. Um, so there was a lot of rage, and there was a lot of anger, and um, because I wasn't talking to anybody, I just let that all pent up um, until. Um, until I just don't want to be here anymore. Um, and, and yeah, so I think um, I would tell 
anybody who's listening to be open to the idea of journaling, um, be open to the idea of talking to people. Um, I couldn't really get outside with my condition. Um, you know, I live, I live in Canada and, and in that part of my recovery, I was, I wasn't really walking very well. And, um, and it, it was, it was this time last year and it's icy and snowy and, um, but for people who are, who are going through mental health stuff, um, you know, going for walks, um, being in nature is so helpful. Um, whether it's by the water or whether it's, you know, a ravine or a forest or, or even just a park. Um, just being outside and getting fresh air and being grateful for, for the things that I think we place such a focus on the things that we don't have in life. And, and it's good to have goals. It's great to have goals and, and ambitions and, but but to take note of the things that you are grateful for, especially this year, um, mm-hmm. I am, it makes us happier when we are in gratitude um, and we and we live with gratitude. And um, And I, I didn't really realize that when, when I was going through my experience, I, I didn't realize that until I came out on the other side. Yeah. I love how you touch on um, to, you know, have gratitude for these things because how, it's hard to stay positive or be happy when you don't recognize the great stuff in your life that you have, even the small stuff that really impact you that you may not even see. And like you said, it's, it's excellent to have goals. Of course, you always got to have goals. Um, But I I hope they don't, I hope like those goals aren't, you're not expecting them to fill a void that you may be getting somewhere else. Cause then I think if you achieve those goals, you may feel the same thing. You feel the void again. So I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Oh no. Like I, I understand that completely. Completely. I, um, there was a goal that I, that I really wanted to hit this past year. Um, and that was to, you know, I just, I, I wrote a book called Crash and Rise Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder. Um, it's now available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon and, and Indigo and, it, and you know, it's, it was it was launched in the in the fall. I, I I'm you know I'm crazy. I launch books in a global pandemic. Um, yeah. but, but there was there were certain goals that I had with that, and you know I I decided okay I want to focus on writing more. So mm-hmm. so I was like I want to write. Um, different articles about mental health and I want to get them published in newspapers, like not just regular, like, like the big newspapers. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. Um, and then, 
and it's almost like you're on this high um and then it fades yeah and then it's like what ne- what what's next <laughs> mm-hmm. so 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 it's important to write down you know what you are grateful for and to to really take stock in that so yeah yeah i think what unique experiences the pandemic has introduced you know have been you know it's sad to see you know loved ones dying or all these horrible things happening but i think the pandemic has helped us stay grounded in our community and like Mm -hmm. seeing that we are a community of people and we're not very different as we claim to be we're very very similar um yeah and i just think that we a lot of us i'm not gonna speak for everyone but me like i've definitely taken things like for granted the small things in life and i think we all do that and i think hopefully the pandemic has given us this platform or time to you know really think about what those things we're grateful for um, yeah and just move forward with that um oh no i think that we are we we as people have far more in common than we have in what's keeping us apart. Um, just for example, um, so part of my story, it's, it's in, it's in I, I just did a recent talk about it. It's in my book. Um, but one of the things that I did to kind of normalize what I was going through was um, I looked up other people who had my condition mm. and and it was important for me to put a face on it because it was it's called Ramsey Hunt syndrome it's it's a weird it, it it's you know kind of rare um but for me it was important to I thought okay maybe there's a musician maybe there's an actor who has this just somebody that that has it and um and so i started googling and i found the founder of p90x um the fitness program um tony horton he's like um, a a celebrity fitness guru and he trains celebrities And, and i was familiar with him from being on entertainment tonight and and a bunch of tv shows so then I looked him up online and I, and I saw that, you know, P90X has millions of followers and, and he has hundreds of thousands of followers. And, and, and although, you know, I have, I have a big following, but it, it's nothing like that. <laughs> and, but, you know, with, with my face collapsed and not being able to walk, I was in a very vulnerable emotional state. And I thought, well, I'll write to him, but you know he's probably very busy and he probably won't have time and maybe he won't be that nice. Um, but you never know. Um, and then he wrote back to me, um, and now he's you know one of my biggest cheerleaders. He motivated me and 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 kind of lit a fire in me to to go out and um and and do the things that i wanted to do even though i kind of 
put up roadblocks. But but it just kind of goes to show why, you know, I might be a paddleboarder in Canada, um, but you know he's in California and he's like kind of like celebrity and and we're all just kind of the same. <laughs> like, like we're all just people and we're all just going through the same things yeah. every day. Um, you know, deciding, you know, what's next to eat and who, who we have to call and, and what work we have to do. And, and we're, we're all just, we're all just people. Yeah. And I think it all begins to like, your point at the very at kind of near the beginning or when we we're talking about mental health I mean when you said like one of the things about mental health is just putting yourself out there talking to someone and I think yeah. when you start the conversation it just keeps rolling out um, yeah. with all these other people and so just as something as simple as having a conversation can totally transform someone's life I think there's Absolutely. something really interesting about that um, also give space like like if you say if I say to you, I like if if you know we're we're good friends and and I say like Zane, like I, I really need to talk to you. Um, and 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 you listen to me, um, you're also holding space. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, the relationship deepens and it makes you feel safe to kind of confide in me uh, what you're going through. Um, And, you know, they're so, especially with, you know, with mental health, mental health and men in particularly, Mm -hmm. um, you know, men are men are men significantly struggle more with mental health mm-hmm. um, because they don't talk about it and and that is changing as we go along mm-hmm. but we still have a long way to go I think yeah um, there definitely needs to be an increase you know these spaces for men to talk about their mental health and um, just bring up the suicide statistic alone with over 70% of suicide, you know, completions, not attempts, yeah. but completions are by men. And this is not to say like one gender is going to do more than the other. It's just saying no, that no. this is the disparity and we all need to work together yeah. to address this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I work with a mental health organization in Canada, actually, next um, I, I do an annual um, fundraising event. Um, that actually, when when my speech went viral, um, and it's a story on mental health. Um, you know, when millions of people saw that speech, um, paddleboarders from all over the world started taking pictures of themselves on the water in their locations, holding their paddles up. Oh. <laughs> um, and it became the paddles up movement. There have been thousands of them. <laughs> um, and they were raising their paddles to me and they were raising their paddles to people struggling and to mental health. 
And that birthed the Paddles Up movement. Um, and that actually culminated in me becoming this year's international stand-up paddleboarding man of the year, which is crazy. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I was nominated with all these world champions and Pan Am games winners. And, and it was, it was just nice to be nominated. I wasn't really expecting, I wasn't really expecting to, to win, but it was, it's, it's nice. And, um, and this summer, like I, I've been involved with um, a mental health organization. It, it's one of the largest in the country. And, um, mm. And I'm an ab- I'm an advocate and ambassador for them, mm. and and I've I've done you know an annual charity event for them, um, and now I'm planning this coming summer. We're actually launching it this month. Um, next summer, I will be the first person to paddleboard from the USA to Canada. Um, wow. raising funds and awareness for mental health um, because because mental health is important and um, and I really believe in the cause so yeah wow um, whatever we can do to promote that <laughs> love to see you know more people donating to that whatever we can do to help uh, let us know um thanks i'm curious on you know your writing journey the book that you just said came out in fall is this your first book yes so how did um what was the process like writing it so there was a lot of writing and then a lot of rewriting uh the difficult the thing is like you have to decide so for me, it's part, it's part biographical and then part self-help. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was like a combination of both elements. So I had to kind of, te- um, first of all, decide where I wanted the story to start and where I wanted it to end. Um, and I think that's the biggest challenge for, for most people is, is the framework of it. Um, and then it's really writing down all the things that you want to cover, like the big events, and then breaking those down. And then spending time writing about what those events were like um, and kind of making a timeline and putting it all together. Um so it was, it was kind of like writing the speech. Um, it was just, you know, putting my, my, my pen to the paper and, and working on that and then sending it off to editor, to the editors. I had a, I have an, I have an editing team with my publisher wow. and then they sent back um, their edits and there were a lot. They changed. They changed a lot. Um, and then I went through what they sent back to me, and I made some changes. And then I sent it back to them, and, and then they sent it back to me, and then I checked it off. 
um, and I was happy. I was happy after uh, three three big edits, um, and and then it was launched in the fall. So, um, but yeah, no, like the editing process on its own took months, months. Um, but no, very rewarding. And, um, and it, it's had, um, you know, a good day, like it came out in the end of October. Um, I just premiered it at the Miami International Book Fair. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, and then there was, you know, Christmas and, and a lot of stuff with the book over Christmas and, and stuff. And, and now we're, um, you know, getting geared up for 2021 with it. So there will be, you know, festivals and shows and, and you know, author readings at, at different places and online and virtually. And yeah. Wow, wonderful. Um, so my next question is, I just want to hear about your paddleboarding, you know, experience, like um, just on how you got into paddleboarding to begin with. Um, and why you love it so much? Uh, great question. So I, I went on a date and we decided to go and try paddleboarding. And, um, and I think the lesson was like 60, it was like an hour, like 60 minutes. And I spent about 40 of those minutes in the water. Um, I was, I was terrible. <laughs> I was really, really <laughs> bad. And, but I loved it. I thought it was like, it reminded me of going to like splash works or wild water works and like as a kid. And, and I just loved it. I loved falling um, and getting back on. And, <laughs> and so, so while, for many, you know, that would dissuade them from go from doing it again. It actually pushed me to wanting to do it more, and so it just became a hobby. And um, and then I went um, to India um, on a trip, um, kind of to find myself. And uh, while I was there, I was I was I was in a place where I was I think I, I don't even know what I was doing professionally. Uh, I wasn't doing much. Um, I was kind of bouncing around from from you know doing doing different things, and and I was there, and I saw I was in Varanasi, which is a really holy holy city. And they were doing this thing where I went down to the water, down to the Ganges River, and I saw hundreds of lotus flowers. And they'd put tea light candles inside, inside them. And they were just floating down the river. And I had this light bulb moment. Like I was just there by myself, just looking at all of these fiery lotus flowers. Um, kind of radiating this light 
And it was just like this light bulb moment of, I want to light up the water. I want to, I want to, it was like, I could see that the lotus flower would be the paddleboard and the candle with the fire, mm. like lighting it up would be the people on top of it. And I thought, I want to go back and I want to start my own business. And I want to make this an experience. And I want to do it in front of the skyline at sunset with the planes landing on top of them. And I want to give people the opportunity to really shine bright and, and crush it. <laughs> um, and then I spent the next several years doing that. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Wow. They're so beautiful about the story where you were in India. Um, I love the, uh, what was it? Lighting the world. Light up the water, light up the world. Yeah. I love that. Um, wow. So my last question is um, really just, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Any last um, advice, last minute words that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah. Um, so this year has been an incredibly trying year for all of us. I think that this global pandemic has affected us in ways that many of us haven't even really realized. Mm -hmm. And I think that we probably won't realize the extent of how it has affected us for many years. Um, but like, like just for example, you know, when the day comes where, you know, we can take off our masks and, and, you know, hug each other and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. like, I think just like, I, I think I will be emotional from like the first time I go to hug somebody, I, th I think it'll be really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I think it will be for quite some time. Um, so, so this has affected us on so many levels. Um, and it's been, you know, whether it's affected you financially or whether it's affected you emotionally, um, you know, we have the power, you know, we, we can all go through challenges and obstacles, but I am of the firm believer I am a firm believer in that the challenges and the struggles that we go through make us stronger and that there is a reason for our struggle and that we will come out of this on the other side. Um, and we'll be okay. Um, and that attitude is a big part of that. I, um, I do my best to keep the news. Like I, I, I watch the news regularly, but I don't keep it on all day. Um, I limit my social media intake, um, so that, you know, I'm not caught up all in it because, 
you know, it can be really unhealthy mentally. So, but I think, you know, if you just try to, to live through this period that we're all going through in a positive way and look at it and be grateful for what we, what we have, um, we'll be okay and we'll get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody wants to, they can find me on Instagram. I'm at the, the unbalanced paddleboarder. Um, and my speeches can be found on, on, on there, or they can be found on YouTube. Um, my book, uh, Diaries of the Unbalanced Paddleboarder, Crash and Rise, is available at Books a Million, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, pretty much most places. And, and I think that kind of, covers it it does <laughs> um thank you so much mike it was great hearing your story and thank you so much for you know having the courage to share it with you know so many people and inspiring mm-hmm. a lot of people thanks zane thank you you're welcome